All right, I'm going to get into this message, and I know it's going to help somebody here tonight. We are, it is week five, it's purpose number four. Uh, let, me, let me catch you up. If you've, if you've missed uh, the series so far, you can easily go to YouTube and watch the, the messages that we've done over the last uh, previous four. But really, the, the idea of this purpose-driven life, or what on earth am I here for, is, is the idea that God has a specific calling for you that he thought of you before the world was created and he made plans for your purpose and your calling. And I want to tell you those plans, are that when you get into the slipstream of God's plans for your life, fulfillment comes. Otherwise, you're just trying to work it out. You get, so you get into this moment of fulfillment. Your calling begins to take place. You begin to really start to walk in God's purpose when you surrender your life to him and you begin a relationship with him. And if you've never surrendered your life to God, if you've never asked Him for forgiveness, then tonight's the night. At the end of this uh, message, I'm going to ask you, would you like Jesus to come into your life? Would you like the forgiveness that only He can offer? Would you like a fresh start? And if you, if you say yes, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in your seat, and then we're going to pray together a prayer of surrender to God, and it will be the beginning of the rest of your life living God's way in the most fulfilled possible way that you could live. All right, so that's the first thing. God's got a calling and a purpose for your life. The second thing, then what we're doing is we're basically doing five uh, components of that calling, and they, they build on themselves. The first one we just touched on, you're called to have a relationship with God and to be loved by God. You're called to be loved by God. When you're loved by God, it stops you doing things you don't need to do to try and feel loved and then miss out on what God's purpose is for your life. So you can just be confident, I'm loved by God, and I don't need anybody else's approval. If I've got God's, that's what really matters. And it stops you going down all sorts of dead ends, doing all sorts of things to be approved and accepted that only end up causing pain to your life. So that's why that's the foundation, to be loved by God. Then the next one after that is to, um, we're called to belong. And God, once you come into his family, the Bible says he, you become a son or a daughter of God, and then he wants you to be part of his family. That's the church. Find your people and you'll find your purpose. Your destiny is connected to people who God's wanting to put out of your, around your life. The devil will work very hard to disconnect you, to detach you from the people that God actually has called you together with. That's why he loves you to be part of his family. It's called the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, love being your brother, love being your sister, as is appropriate. If you're a guy, don't say love being you. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. That's number two, Leah. Loved by God, called to, called to belong. The next thing is last week we talked about, I'm called to become like Jesus. This is the working of God in my life, to become more patient, to become more kind, to become more forgiving, to become more joy-filled, more peace-filled. And it's a working of God on the inside of us where we transform progressively. And that leads us to tonight, which builds on last week. And this is one of the ways that we'll know that we're more like Jesus. And this, the, tonight's topic is I'm called to be a blessing. I'm called to bless, called to bless, called to bless. This is, this is how God's shaped me. Now we're starting to get into the, okay, I'm now going to be doing some things. So for those of you who have been nervously waiting, that's like all about being loved and relationship and family and change on the inside. But when do I get to do some things? Well, now we're talking out of those things about doing some stuff. Okay, doing some stuff. Uh, your, the, the, your fourth purpose is called God shaped me to serve Him. 
He shaped you to serve Him. The Bible says this, we are God's workmanship. You're His masterpiece. Come on, some of you are, are more masterpieces than others in the mirror. You know that. But that's just us older ones are feeling. Anyway, stay, keep going, John. Just stay focused. Created in Jesus Christ to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So when God created you, Hope, he, he made all these plans. He said, Hope Davis, let's get her born in August in 1999. Am I right? August? Yeah, August in 1999. I know because you're born the same month as my son Mitchell. Uh, born in, in August 1999. And then he started writing out, okay, I'm going to put her in this family. going to place her in this church. And then I'm going to get her to do, I've got this and that and this and these things and these good works and those. Oh, she's going to have the time of her life. She's going to get to do this. The Bible says that when we, you, you were uh, created before the beginning of time, he had good works for you. He prepared them in advance for you. And then when He created you in Christ, that means you got created in Christ when you got born again. You became a spiritual new creation. That's what it means to become a Christian, a spiritual new creation. In that moment, He gave you spiritual gifts. You didn't get them when you got born. You got abilities when you got born. Some of you, you know, Nick, you got the music ability gig thing, all right? So, some of us got the rapping ability when we were born. I just, I, I just anyway, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to make anyone feel inferior here tonight. I'll just, I'll just keep going. Come on, some of you got the, got the whole, um, you know, manual arts, work with your hands thing. You know, that was a natural ability you got when you were born. Not me, skipped me. Some of you got the, I can put a flak pack from Ikea together. Not me. That's demonic, if you ask me. That's just like, that is straight from the pit of hell, trying to put flat packs together. It's so frustrating. Why? Because it's not in my ability skill set. But some of you, it's like, every day of the week, I could do that. That's so much fun. You're the people who loved Lego when you were little. You're the people who loved macrame. Me, mm, but didn't get that ability. But you were created with abilities natural abilities that you were born with, and you were created with uh, spiritual gifts when you got born again. And I love it, Shekinah, you just sp spoke so beautifully into this. So many of them, if we just focus on one thing, we don't develop those other things. And then we start missing out on God's purpose and call for our life. It's like the person who goes to the gym and all they do is work on their biceps. And then they've got tiny little legs and tiny, you know, just massive big biceps, but little shoulders and all of that. It's like, don't be that person. Don't be that dude, okay? Don't be that person. Just the whole thing, cardio and weights and every, anyway, just, you know what I'm talking about. You're created in Christ to do good works. The good works is what we call your service. It's called your ministry. It's called your blessing. It's the way that you and I help other people. You weren't made to just to take up space, to breathe, to live a, a self-centered life. But you are, you, you are called to do ministry. So the Greek word for ministry is the same word as service, is the same word for help. Which tells us, you know, because often we go, oh, he's a minister. You, you, you know, I mean, every, when you're a pastor, if you want to shut down conversation, just tell people you're a pastor. It's like, bah, there it goes. So normally I'm like, yeah, I just help people. And I'm a motivator. And anyway, anyway, just so, but, but you think, oh, he's a minister, but I'm not a minister. But that's not, the Bible says we're all ministers. Every, now I'm a pastor, that's a particular role. And as a pastor, my role is to actually equip the ministers. Therefore, everyone who's a Christian is called to ministry. 
I'm not sure if you realize this, but if you're born again and you have a relationship with God, you have a ministry call on your life. I want you to say this after me. I am a minister. Okay, now the, the word minister and servant is the same word. The whole concept of it is that I'm blessing or I'm helping other people or I'm making their life better. Now this is upside down. And this is exactly what the kingdom of God is. It's upside down. It, is, it does not make sense. Jesus came along and said, there's a lot of counterintuitive things, things that don't make sense to you, but they're the way you're wired. If you are a fitness person, you'll understand the concept that if I want fitness and energy, I've got to sow fitness. I've got to, I've got to sow energy. And so, so often I'm like, oh, on a Monday morning after a church has been a big day and I have what I tell the team is a Christian hangover. It's from church and preaching and putting it all out there and emotional energy but I know if I want to get some energy I've got to actually exercise and go for a run and by sowing energy which is counterintuitive I receive energy it's just the way my body is wired and your body is wired and that's just a sample of the way God wired us as individuals and Jesus came and said you know someone hurt you you naturally it's like you know you're tired you want to sleep but actually the best thing is to exercise someone hurts you you naturally want to Punish them. But Jesus said, I came to do counterintuitive. I want you to forgive and release them. Otherwise, if you don't, you're going to attach yourself to them and you're going to actually be damaged, not them. It's counterintuitive. It's, he flips things upside down. He does it over and over. He says, you don't have enough money? Why don't you break money's power and give some money away and I'll start to get it back to you. This is the, this is the upside down kingdom. When God says, if you want your life to make purpose and have meaning in it, he says, stop doing it for yourself and start helping other people that's where purpose comes from and this is your calling it's to be a blessing so here's, here's the thing it's, it's not just at church we're going to talk a bit about church but it's wherever you are so if you're at school you're called to be a minister which basically means to serve others and make their life better in your workplace you're called to be a minister so when you rock up to work tomorrow morning to make some frappes, Joel, and to make some, you know, to make some, some cappuccinos and just to get that whole thing going on, you're, you're, you're not like, oh yeah, Sunday was the spiritual ministry day where I did some ministry stuff and Monday is the secular day where I just get some pay and, and hopefully get through the week. No, you're called to be a minister seven days a week, which basically means to help others in my workplace, in my neighborhood, in my family, and in my church. I'm called to be a minister. Whatever you do, Colossians says, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do it for God. Now, if no one else is watching, I know that's a random thought. No one else is watching, and there's no social media to make people realize you did a good thing. You know, come on, I'm talking to myself right now as well. It's still being a servant is just making other people's life better. What about at work tomorrow if after, uh, you know, that you're in a certain situation and the room's tidy and so it's someone else's job to tidy it up, but you just do it, not to get credit, but just because you're developing the fitness of a servant, which is basically about making other people's lives better. A servant helps other people's lives better, whether they're the boss or whether they're the most uh, the inconsequential person at the office. They, they, a servant actually looks to make people's lives better all the time. And here's the thing, that glorifies God when I help other people and I make their life better. But it doesn't, it's not intuitive, it's counterintuitive. 
glorify God and help others. So what will happen if I do this? Here's the four things I'm going to talk about will happen if I can get the serving thing. And, and can I just say, because it's not natural, I have to start against the grain for a while. It's like the person who's like, I'm going to get fit and I'm going to run 10Ks the very first morning. I haven't run for 10 years, but tomorrow I'm going to... No, no, no. Uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to, but after a while, you'll start to feel the benefits of becoming a servant-hearted person. So here we go. Number one, serving, the calling to bless will create joy in my life. It will create enormous, massive amounts of joy. Counterintuitive. Most people are looking for happiness in all the wrong places. They're looking for it in pleasure, for power, position, possessions, prestige. Success doesn't bring satisfaction. Success doesn't. Sex doesn't bring satisfaction. I know I said sex and some of you just got off your phones and came back for a moment. Salary. A high salary doesn't bring satisfaction. Status doesn't bring satisfaction. All of these things, that they're, they're in, in of themselves, they can be good. But they're temporary. Success is not what gives me a deep sense of fulfillment and joy. Significance does. And significance is when it's not about me, it's about serving God and about others. It's the upside down kingdom. So here's, here's the two secrets of joy. Because this is serving God's way will bring joy. Here, here's the two secrets. The first one is it gets my focus off myself. The Apostle Paul says, always be full of joy in the Lord. Now, he's in a prison when he says this. He's been whipped and beaten. Okay, so if anyone's got the moment to say, hey, your circumstances are pretty crap, so don't expect to have joy, it's Paul. But he says, no, no, always be filled with joy. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are unselfish and considerate in all you do. If anyone could have been just like, oh, look, that's it, God, seriously. I'm getting shipwrecked, I'm getting, I'm getting stones thrown at me, I'm getting harassed, I'm getting persecuted, everybody hates me, it'd be time for some blessing. And what does he do? He sits down and writes a letter of encouragement. The happy, the happy epistle, they call it, Philippians, and prison, quite possibly with sewerage up to his knees. That's what the prisons were like in those days. And he's writing and saying, guys, if you want joy, you've got to be unselfish and considerate in all you do. That's the way it works. Uh, researchers in London School of Economics examined the relationship between volunteering and measures of happiness, and they found the more people volunteered, the happy they were. It's the upside-down kingdom. Mark Snyder, a, a psychologist at the center of the study of individual and society at Minnesota in the USA, says people who volunteer tend to have higher self-esteem, psychological well-being, and happiness. All of these go up as their feelings of social connectedness does, which in reality improves their health and their longevity. Teenagers who volunteer, uh, this is another study in Wisconsin, have better grades, better self-concept, better attitudes, reduced drug use, and a huge decline in dropout rates and teen pregnancies. It's this whole thing of, I'm making my life about other people. It's a choice, all right. Philippians 1 verse 4, this is the same letter. Forget, forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Ouch. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. So here's the, here's the thing. If you lack joy in your life and you're not feeling happy right now, one question would be to go, what do I do at least on a weekly basis that does, has no benefit to me? I'm not getting paid for it. It's not going to help me get a promotion. It's not going to help me get popular. 
What am I doing literally just to make other people's lives better, at least on a weekly basis? Jesus would say on an ongoing basis, because once I start doing that, that's where joy is going to start kicking in. It's just breaking the back of my self-centeredness. Okay, that's my, that's my, the first step of joy is getting focused off myself. The second is I start to use my gifts to help others. I start to go, all right, God, I'm part of this family, this church. This is my spiritual family, and I'm going to use the spiritual gifts that you gave me when I was born again to help others. 1 Peter 4, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kind of blessings. All right, so use the gifts. Now, if you don't know what your gifts are, and here's the thing, you got them when you were born again, and often we don't know what they are because we, we don't just try new things. And when you start to try a new thing, suddenly you're like, oh, that, that was good. I, I went to my small group and we prayed for one another and God gave me something to prophesy or, or a, a word of wisdom or I, I discovered that I'm just encouraging or, or I began to serve on a team and I realized I've got the gift of hospital, all sorts of things. But we've just got to get outside of our comfort zone to discover the gifts that, that are already in us. That's where joy comes from, and I'm going to use it for others. If you're not sure where they are, we do this thing every, uh, the third Sunday of every month called Growth Track, and we have included in it a survey, and in that survey, you do a survey like, oh, here's this and this, and, and it, it will identify some of your spiritual gifts and how you're best able to serve others here in church life. So you can, someone will explain later on, Alex will tell you how to, um, to sign up for Growth Track. All right, number two, we're doing all right. Number one. If, I'm, if I become a helper of others, it'll create joy in my life. Number two, it will improve my relationships. Okay. Okay, who, who wants improved relationships? All right, we're batting at about 40%. Come on, who wants improved relationships? Help me out here tonight so I know you're listening. Excellent. Because the root of every single relational problem in our lives is self-centeredness. It's just like, what's in it for me? Why aren't you meeting my needs? I remember when Danielle and I once did this marriage course very early in our married, uh, married life, and it ended up being a debacle for us because the focus of it was, what are my needs and are they being met? And I'm like, and we would just go away arguing, going, you're not meeting this need and you're not meeting that need. And you're not, it's like, this is not what this is supposed to be about. And we realized, uh, you know, although it is part of my role to serve, I'm not keeping a score on how she's going. I'm keeping a score on how I'm going. Am I being selfless? Am I being helpful? Am I being encouraging? Am I? And so this will improve your relationships. Matthew 20, verse 28. Your attitude must not be like my own, for I did not... Your attitude must be like my own. Get that right. That's Jesus. For I did not come to be served, but to serve. If you go into a relationship hoping that they're going to make you happy, hoping that they're going to meet your needs, hoping that they're going to serve you, you will be disappointed and it will, won't work. But if you go in saying, what can I contribute to this relationship? Uh, the best friendships actually don't just focus together, they have an outward focus. We talked about this on Tuesday night on Table Talk. The best friendships in life are built around joint purpose. And that's not my happiness and your happiness, that's someone else's. If, if you get married and you make a, the focus of your marriage, well, we just want to be happy, that's not going to work. 
But if together you go, we want to make others happy, we want to serve other people, we want to glorify God, we'll be outward focused with our relationship. You'll find a depth of intimacy comes to that your marriage, but also you, you, my best friends have always been people who are like, I'm living for God. I'm giving my life for God. I'm living for something greater than my own life. All right. So number two, it will improve my relationships. Number three, it will make my life meaningful. If I've got the, the concept of being a blesser, Jesus said this, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. True life comes when you lay your life down. True life comes when you start to make it about other people. Now, now it, it, meaning, meaningful, all right. So for me, and I'll get, it, I'll get the keyboardist to come on up as we come to a close in a few minutes. Meaningful. For me, you know, I, in terms of purpose in my life, I need to be a good provider for my family. That's, a, that's actually me serving my family. And I'll, there's lots of things that I like. I like football. I like sport. I like good holidays. I love living, I like living on the Sunshine Coast. There's so many things that I, that I enjoy and they're good. But in terms of, there's a deeper level where meaning comes from. Meaning doesn't come from my football team winning. That's just something that comes and goes. Meaning doesn't come from, you know, some accolades. Meaning doesn't come from a certain amount of followers in social media. Meaning comes when I tap into something deeper that God's got for me. And when I come to this church, what fuels my sense of well-being and depth of fulfillment that I have in my life, it's when I come here and I look at these faces. I look at these people and I go, these lives, these young people in this place, uh, they've got purpose. They're, they're coming out of train wreck situations and their lives are changing and Marriages that should have fallen to pieces are actually restored by God. And people who, people who sh probably wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for God. And I look around and I go, that depth of purpose comes because I'm making life not about me. I'm making it about God. And that's the deeper stream. And I want you to tap into that deeper stream. Lives being transformed. Will it always be easy? Absolutely no. Will it be hard? Yeah. Will there be moments where, you know, because there's one thing with being a reluctant volunteer who's got to serve once a month to tick a box. And there's another thing about actually being a servant. And when you're a servant, you do it tired. You serve tired. When you're a servant, you go beyond the comfort zone. When you're a servant, you, you do it when you're unmotivated. When you're a servant, you do it when you feel unappreciated. When you're a servant, you do it when there's spiritual warfare going around your life. When you're a servant, you just build this serving muscle. I, you want to be great? That's what Jesus said. You want to be great? Then lay your, down, your life down and be a servant. You want to be great? Make your life about making other people's life better. You want to be great? And I love that we've got a church of great men and great women. Serving opens your door to destiny. It opens your door. David, David wasn't going to fight Goliath in the moment of his life that would define the rest of his life and open the door to becoming the king. That wasn't what he was going to do. You know what he was going to do? Take cheese and biscuits to his brothers. 
He didn't realize that the intersection of him serving, to serve his father who sent him with the, jo- with the job, and to serve his brother, he didn't realize that the intersection of him being a servant and God's destiny would cross at the moment he least expected it. And in one day, he becomes the hero of Israel. And the moment that God had always been preparing for him happened. What if he said, like, stuff you, Dad. Feeling tired today? I'm not taking cheese. Get someone else to do it. One day. Because God always looks for servants. He looks for people who are in it for him, not for themselves. Rebecca. So she's... The master's been sent to find a wife for his son Isaac, Abraham. And she's just there and she offers to feed all his camel, all his camels. It would have taken hours. She doesn't realize that this act of serving, there's someone spying for the future spouse of the richest guy but God's at work. God's looking for servants. And you never, you never know when the moment's going to come. You never know when God's like, today's your day, today's your day. But you, he's just looking for us to develop the heart of a servant. So this is what I want us to do. Let's close our eyes. I, I want to just ask you tonight, are you prepared to be a servant? Are you prepared to be someone who blesses others? This is, an, this is going to be an altar call. Now, normally I'd say, come on down the front, but for obvious reasons, we can't do that. So this is going to be a stand-up moment, a serious moment with God. Are you prepared to make your life about others being better and honoring God that way? If you are, you're saying tonight, I want to live in the upside-down kingdom where it's not about me, but it's about God. It's about serving others and helping. I just want you to stand up if that's you. You're saying, yeah, I'm, I, that's the kind of life I want to live. I want to be the person who lays my life down for others. I want to be that, that person. I want to live to bless. This is not so much about joining a team. It's just about are you going to be that kind of person to lay your life down, to serve others. Father, you look across this room right now and you see so many people whose hearts are prepared to be a blessing. I pray right now, in a moment of consecration, a moment of dedicating ourselves to your way, it's higher. Whisper to us about what that means like you did with Shekinah and she shared earlier. Help us not to just be so singular in our focus that we miss the exciting opportunities and things that you have for us. Help us discover our spiritual gifts and use them to glorify you and to serve others. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. I said earlier at the end of this service, uh, at the end of this message, I would just give an opportunity to lead you in a prayer to connect with God. A simple prayer, if you pray it from your heart, 
will mean that today is the day where God gives you a fresh start. Today is the day where you begin a relationship with Him that will change your destiny. So I want us to close our eyes right now. And if you've never prayed a prayer like this, if you've never surrendered to God, tonight could be the beginning of the rest of your life. Tonight's the night where you could step into the calling and purpose that you've got. Instead of going around in circles wondering what on earth am I here for, tonight's the night you could step into your purpose. And it starts with being loved by God. It starts with that relationship with Him. So in a moment, I'd love to lead you in a prayer of surrender to God. If you're here tonight and you once prayed that prayer, but you're not walking with God right now, and you know He's, he's not number one in your life. You didn't stop believing in Him, but you just know He's not number one. And you need to come back to God tonight. Tonight's the night where you re-surrender your heart to Him. If that's you in a moment, I want you to raise your hand as well. I'm going to pray for you. Maybe you're just not sure if when you die you're going to go to heaven. You hope you are. If I was to ask you, you'd probably say, well, I believe that God's real and I'm a good person, so I hope so. But even the devil believes that God's real. That doesn't get us to heaven. And being a good person, well, that's great, but the Bible says that none of us are good enough. We've all fallen short of God's glory. We all need a Savior. We all need forgiveness. You, me, all of us. So tonight, if you're saying, John, I want that relationship with God. Something's missing in my life. Or, John, I want to come back to God because I've drifted away from Him and I need to make Him number one again. Well, John, I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. I want you right now just to raise your hand and say, that's me. And we're going to pray together in a moment. If that's you, just raise your hand. Say, that's me. I want to surrender to God. I want to connect with Him. I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. I want to come back to Him because I'm away from Him. If that's you, just, just slip your hand up. Say, that's me. Tonight, I want to get right with God. Tonight, I want to connect with Him. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer in a moment. And in that moment, God who created you will come into your heart and change everything. Just looking around the room one more time. This is your moment. You're away from God. If you have been, you'll feel the tug on your heart. You'll feel like this wrestle going on. Because God's drawing you to yourself and you can have all the reasons and the arguments in your mind of why you shouldn't need to do this, but your heart tells you it's time to make a step back towards God. Tonight's your night. So if that's you, I want, you to, I want to pray with you. I don't want to go any further. I want to pray with you. This is too important for us to just rush through this moment. Looking across the room one more time. If that's you, your heart's pounding. God's talking to you. He's using me to speak to your heart. It's time to submit your heart to Him. Come back to Him. I'd love to pray for you. People are praying right now for you. Would you raise your hand and I'll pray for you. All right, we're good. We're doing so good. You can open your eyes. You guys are so leaned in tonight. I love it. So expectant. Next week, we're going to finish with an Emerge Night. 
on the last one of the callings that God has for our life. So I look forward to it. Alex, back to you. God bless you guys.